internet, he mobilized the English language, then sent it into battle. My name is Matthew Kroll. And that's like saying you only have to have your tooth pulled once. Will you stop interrupting me while I'm interrupting you? My name is Shahir Dow. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Darkest Hour. Fake news, it wasn't an hour. It wasn't? No, fake what, news. How it long was, did it was about a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> fake news. Total fake news on that. Oh. I'm calling BS on this whole thing. Well, I mean, look, the, the, in 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 the spirit of of time manipulation and making decisions at the last minute, Shahir and I are back. Hello, everyone. We are doing a nice little bonus episode releasing uh, midweek. This is our darkest hour. This is our it's darkest hour. It's very late. <laughs> because it is very late. We just actually finished watching the film right now, and we knew that just how could we call ourselves reviewers, Shahir, in this day and age? Um, by having a podcast. That's also yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, have, we literally we just, just have call, to do that. We just have to call ourselves reviews. But 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 true uh, <laughs> masters of what is going on in in uh, the cinematic landscape, the the war that is film. Uh, without the war that is film. The war that is film. I'm feeling, I feel like you've just gotten a charge from like hearing Winston Churchill speak. I kind of did, or, or the ghost of Winston Churchill speaking uh, through Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, we, we we realized we'd done eight of the nine Oscar noms, and the Oscars are this Sunday coming. Yeah, and we just we, I've never I've never been Shahir so close to have seen. You've never been Shahir. I've never been Shahir. <laughs> yeah, I've never been so close to seeing all uh, best well, picture now you've nominees. Done it. Now I've done it. End of podcast. Thank you very much. It. Goodbye. Yeah. No. No. But uh, so so thank just you. Just to recap what yes. the Oscars are, what the best pictures are. We've yes. got and you so you can go back and listen to all of these previous episodes, and they are Lady Bird, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Get out. You, the Post, Call Me By Your Name, Phantom Thread, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Darkest Hour. Well, now, I now mean, you're, darkest, listen, I mean, you're, you're listening, listening to it, so you, you've already downloaded you've already this downloaded. one. Or streaming it. You can stream it. You can stream it? You can, yeah. Well, you can, or you could just imagine us talking about you it. Could, you, we are now, picture, <laughs> what, however you've gotten you this the, onto remember, your device, now we're with you. Do you remember Batman Forever? When the Riddler could like stream TV into your brain, yeah, yeah, that's what you could do. Oh, that's- I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever AI controlled or Edward Nigma <laughs> controlled uh, device you would decide to pump us into your ear holes with, we thank you. Um, yeah, so you can go back and listen to all those, and so- if you have any thoughts or questions or concerns or just any uh, fleeting ideas of any of those films or Oscar sort of stuff, please get it to us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at onlymoviepod on Twitter or check out our Facebook page. Start talking to us. We only got a couple days before. Hollywood's big night. Uh, <laughs> we should we should kind of mention that. Okay, so would we have done this movie if it wasn't for the Oscars? Possibly. Now, not <laughs> no, not not in our darkest hour. Not at eleven o'clock on a Monday night with me drinking scotch. Right. Uh, we, we wouldn't would, have pushed. For we it. wouldn't have pushed for it. I feel like it's a film we might have gotten to eventually, and uh, it's because, to be honest, out of all nine nominees, it's the one that hit my sort of, I guess, wheelhouse of information gathering about film the least. Yeah, it definitely. That I would. I would completely agree about that. It. It. it I. I knew. But again, I don't watch trailers, and I knew it existed. Um, I like Joe Wright, the director, a lot. Yeah. I think Joe Wright's an interesting guy. I think he's made. Uh, I've seen only three of his films. I would okay, say. I've seen Atonement, Hannah, and this. And I think you would really like Hannah. By the way, oh, he actually did. I didn't even realize this. The first episode of Black Mirror. Uh, was that the the pig fucker? Uh, Nosedive. Is that is that pig fucker? No, th- this is the 2016 one. I think which is the Netflix one. Oh, yeah, I with Bryce I've, Dallas I've, Howard. I haven't seen that one. Um, yeah. Great. He's, I mean, he's been nominated for Oscars before. I hear his Anna Karenina. Oh, I've seen Pride and Prejudice. 
Uh, his version of Pride and Prejudice came out in 2005? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it's got, um, uh, oh, who am I? Uh, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. It's got Kira Knightley in it. <laughs> um, have you seen that version? Yeah, yeah, I have not. I've seen a couple of versions of Pride and Prejudice, but not that one. Mm. Uh, so, Mr. Darcy, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but um, also, this is not the first time he's gone to Dunkirk. With in in the film Atonement, he had this amazing one take scene um, w- uh, of the entire Dunkirk beach um, moment, uh, which was quite. It was probably the most striking thing about Atonement. You can go online and watch that single take. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty extraordinary. Um, so he was a director I really liked, but I'd kind of. Uh, I mean, his his adaptation of Pan. Uh, Peter Pan with right, Jackman right, right, right. was not well received. No. Um, Hannah was kind of a misfire, though I think it was really interesting. I'm a big Chemical Brothers fan. It was the first movie where the Chemical Brothers actually scored as an entire soundtrack. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and you I, you would really, really... It's got Sorsa Ronan in it okay. and uh, Eric Bana. No, I've heard, I've heard of it. I've heard nothing but good things. It, it's a it's a misfire. It's not... It doesn't work, hmm. but it's Okay, like, so you're the first bad thing I've heard. But it's really... Interesting. Like it, right, it tries right, a right. lot of it, it fires on a lot of directions. So I was I so many cylinders. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of cylinders going. So I'm, I was kind of curious about that. Um, and yeah, I gotta admit, you know, Darkest Hour, Winston Churchill. I and I apologize, but the beginning of this episode, I do not know enough about World War Two or Winston Churchill to like to like quantify exact. You know, I might say a lot of things that are completely one hundred percent wrong. But here's the interesting part because I fall in the exact same boat as you. In fact, when we were just watching this not moments ago in my living room uh the the holding hands holding hands of course um the the thing i said to you i was like man i gotta watch some world war ii documentaries because it's 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 a blind spot also in um in in my knowledge base and i think it comes from the fact that it's sort of the most available does that make sense like it's the most available so i i have a weird part of my brain that's like oh i already know the story of world war ii no i don't i know right. the incredible broad strokes right but then i see films like this and i'm like holy shit i would recommend dan carlin's hardcore history podcast okay uh, i've i've i dip in and out he's got this uh, you know like a single episode might be three hours. Yeah, uh, but that's great. Uh, yeah, and it'll take me through a week of commuting. Oh my god! But that's one episode in, great. in one series that he'll be. Doing. I like long form. It takes Shahir. It takes a lot for me to shut up and make this show an hour normally. Uh, and he has got one of the best radio voices, Ooh. and he's a great writer. So I'm. Uh, I can. I can. Shouts can't, out. Can't. Uh, recommend Dan Carlin uh, enough. He's also his Common Sense podcast is really great as well. All right. If you want to break from history, but Matt, enough about the preamble to the darkest hour again not an hour sure it was a few days <laughs> tell <laughs> us tell us what this movie is about well imdb clarifies it as during the early days of world war ii the fate of western europe hangs in the newly appointed british prime minister winston churchill who must decide whether to negotiate with adolf hitler or fight against incredible odds that's a that's a more rousing imdb synopsis than i've heard <laughs> in quite some time right uh, maybe just they, maybe they got inspired after watching the <laughs> film, uh, and tried to mirror some things there. Um, yeah, I, I uh, I don't know. I, I, again, it, it, since world war two is a little bit of a, of a blank spot for me, I never suspect. And this is probably why the film was the least sort of sought after of these nine films that are nominated for best picture. Uh, I, 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 I guess we're getting to my first thoughts about this thing. I was taken by surprise. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and very rarely am I moved or or in, uh, sort of brought to um, 
the somewhat emotional places this film brought me with with a with a movie about uh, a singular character just talking to a bunch of other people. Like this movie is all talk, right. and, with the occasional cool integrated war shot. But uh, give me an example of where you are aroused. Um, a few a few moments uh, when uh, the 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 that when the the forces the four thousand men. Uh, spoiler alert for World War Two, uh, <laughs> or or the film Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh, well, this is even before the, the when the when the when the troops that were attacking Germany, knowing that basically they were going to die to rescue the three hundred thousand men at Dunkirk. Mm. Um, when the when the bombs were dropping on them, that was emotional uh, for me. I thought that was very powerful. Also, um, when he. was was in uh in this again this film uh winston churchill goes in the tube uh which there's an emotional uh sort of response moment for that and that that took me a lot by surprise side note the tube in uh in the 40s in london uh looks disturbingly in in decay like our current 2018 subway in new york city and i've been to the tube last year and it is beautiful yeah so the london i guess it only takes 70 years and (laughs) we will be back um there were no there were moments like that um and even even to the point this is this is the uh sort of a and i'll get to sort of why this is the broad stroke of why i really liked this movie and why i think it's an effective film Mm -hmm. it got me Matthew Kroll, shill for Marvel and Disney, <laughs> to want to learn more and research about the time period and the characters that were portrayed in this film. I am jazzed to go back and fill in this historical blank spot that I've left in my education and and learn more about the nuances of of what has happened. And I think there's lots of things. I mean, you know, whether or not there's new there's sort of um things taken or leaving from the the truth of history this film at least puts forth a time of incredible strife that uh i can only feel like uh the world might be careening towards yet again in one way or another and shows that uh someone even someone crazy as winston churchill uh and as flawed as winston churchill uh stood up and was able to rouse uh nations to do what it turned out to be the right thing right um so yeah, I I dug it. Obviously, Gary Oldman. I mean, I didn't even think about Gary Oldman, which is a great testament to Gary Oldman's performance uh, as Winston Churchill. Um, absolutely nuts. Supporting characters. His wife was amazing. Uh, the the quote I actually was fighting myself against wanting to do was her quote. Uh, she says to him, she says, "You are strong because you are imperfect, and you are wise because you have doubts." That's uh, that's literally how i like to think about life yeah uh so that's an amazing i don't know if that's an actual quote from her or not but just from a character in this film it was wonderful um uh layton his his uh secretary slash stenographer um was was a wonderful sort of humanitarian twist to it i love films you hear with strong uh, and this might be just a gimmick yeah. um but i that have strong uh actual historical characters that you see in traditionally not strong historical moments. Yeah. Like when he has a sides after a big meeting or he's in his pajamas or he walks by, uh, he walks <laughs> through uh, a house half naked, just like sort of, <laughs> just sort of like cute. Cause you hear these larger than life tales about these people. And sometimes that's all you hear. And it's nice to see them portrayed as humans. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've always really enjoyed that because anytime you can, you can throw humanity into a larger than life character that makes the story ever more sweeter in my opinion. Okay. Um, also, uh, I will say I really dug 
Um, the use of sort of internal framing that they did a lot of times with some cool shots and elevators and through doors and things like that, that sort of really sort of spoke to either, uh, his mindset at that current moment in time or, or his trepidation or his, bra- his bravado. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it, it, it got me more than I thought it would. Okay. Uh, which is always lovely from yeah. a film. I thought I, I knew it would be competent because yeah. it's a best picture nom and most of them usually are or at least average to, yeah. to great um but i dug the shit out of this one i really got it what about you um i look we we literally have watched this a few minutes ago like it's not even that case where we've uh we've had the opportunity to like walk back from the theater and let the film digest we literally have scribbles in front of us yeah, normally yeah. we type this stuff up and we're just going off the cuff so i apologize again in advance not not just if, if my um facts are inaccurate but also if my thinking is a little um is, is scatterbrained at this point so i offered try- him i offered him booze he didn't want it yeah I know. well i think it would make it worse so i'll try to consolidate <laughs> my thoughts um because uh uh, I'm trying to think about what this movie is about. And it's really about, for, for me, you know, like, again, wartime films are always kind of curious and interesting things because I'm at, at the heart of it. I'm a pacifist. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 unlike our president, would not be one to say that I would eagerly jump into a, into a, into a firefight because I don't think I have the chops for it. Uh, well, you're also not a liar. <laughs> you know, there's that. Uh, but I, but I genuinely, you know, like uh, I remember in uh, Steven Spielberg Saving Private Ryan, there was a character who, um, who uh, gets into a fight with the German and it's, it's, you know, he's revealed he just doesn't have the chops for warfare. Sure. And I think I'm, you know, I, I would believe I pretty much am that guy. So I'm always, and, and, you know, and I don't believe in, in war. Um, you know, I, I know that it's a necessity in, 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 in the history of, of the, of the world. Um, but, you know, like whether I would, willingly go into a fight, you know, for nationhood. I don't know if I'm that person. Um, so, so it's interesting to me because this film is really about the, the, it's the struggle between, um, organizing for peace or organizing for a fight. Sure. And, and in the, what this film kind of resolves on, you know, and again, in the film is historically backed by this notion is that they, that the, you know, organizing for a fight, you know, not willing to go down without a fight instead of pursuing for peace, which to me seems like a logical choice, um, is, is what, where this film kind of ends up landing. And I, and I, and I sort of am curious and interested by that. And I, and the reason I'm curious and interested by that is you're right. The film is rousing. It does work. It, this is acting with a capital A, uh, Gary Oldman gives, you know, like a performance that we would expect from an actor of his caliber. I mean, going all the way back to Dracula, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, his ability to, be within a character underneath prosthetics and makeup is remarkable. And there's never a sense that I feel like, Oh, it's commissioner Gordon from dark Knight in, in yeah. Yeah, as you know, as this uh, character, um, I, w- I want to break your heart just a little bit. Sure. The London underground scene is completely fabricated. Never happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's entire, it's a complete fabrication. Um, there is some evidence to suggest that, that, that Churchill, uh, went, uh, you know, like went AWOL for periods of times and consulted with, you know, the, the British people, but it's not documented obviously. And so a scene like that is, is an entire, you know, it's entirely made up. Sure. Um, and the thing, the problem was I knew that before the film started, I didn't want to, uh, say it to you because I wanted to see how you responded to that right. scene. Um, I, you know, so I, I knew that, I don't know if I, how I would feel about it, not knowing that I think when I, when I was watching it, it felt a little 
false to me. And like a movie? Yeah. It, well, it felt a little like wish fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's a fictive wish fulfillment, but I think it's kind of what is this scene suggesting? It's suggesting that 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 Churchill's resolve was at the at the uh, was came to him at the will because he was a man of the people, you know, mm-hmm. like he went down and he saw the will of the people were willing to fight. And this is something that I was kind of like, I always felt a little conflicted about for, for example, in another film, uh, the King's speech, okay. you know, like the King's speech is all about him. You, you mean know, the prequel to this film? Yeah. The prequel to this film, the Dunkirk is also the sequel to this film. The, the mid range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. If you, if you could, I've always had this thing. Do the where, super cut. If you could like string together this film, like The Imitation Game, Dunkirk, Atonement, um, uh, a couple of other films, you might get the full World War II history that you're looking for. And then for. Nazis at the, on the dark side of the moon. Oh, no. Well, you could do that movie Downfall. And, yep. then, and then also, uh, what's, the, what's the Nazi um, super movie? Uh, oh. Nazi uh, super movie? No, no, Dead Snow. You could do the oh, Nazi, Dead yeah, Snow. You could do Dead Snow. Then you, you could watch an episode of Rick and Morty and then play Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. And you'd be, you pretty much, you don't need Dan Carlin. You don't need any history books. <laughs> You'd pretty much have a, like a, you know, uh, a vision of what, right well, in your timeline. <laughs> only movie podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. How would you teach a kid world war two, uh, history? So I, <laughs> I, again, High Castle. again, I am, uh, I am struggling with this film a little bit now. And well, the, can I, can I talk to you a little bit about that, that moment and about the, the now knowing it's fake and have not, not knowing if it's fake or not. It is fake, but it's not like, it's not ungrounded. They might, there was sure. some sure, notes sure, sure. that this happens, but there's no evidence that this, but this here's, happened. Here's the thing I like about, uh, about it is I think, and again, this is, this is the dumbest shit, but like my un- uneducated, uh, involvement of, of the, of, of that time periods, uh, London populace is because world war two was, you know, at that point, one of the more clear cut, uh, what people would perceive as good versus evil mm-hmm. moments. I a hundred percent believe that if a represented, like if an elected or, or not elected, if a, if a, if a leader went in and talked to the common people in any place and asked, what would you like us to do at that moment when war is going on and they know their, 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 their friends and loved ones, brothers, husbands, you know, sons are out uh, fighting against what they consider pure and utter evil and tyranny that they would be like, yeah, we're fighting now. Would they do it in such a sort of poetic yes in the streets and whatever, and never surrender and da 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 and a little girl saying it and all that shit. No, but I do believe the sentiment is there and I'm fine with the film because time is so limited in in watching a movie, taking the shortcuts to get across that sentiment, even if it's a pure fabrication and it actually never happened that way. It's a similar sentiment to what Dunkirk does. It's a, it, with it's the like, way to, uh, time manipulation or what? No, no. About? The the way in which you know, like the the film is about the rousing spirit of the British people who are willing to come in and save everyone. Yes. You know, like it's a you know, and we Sorry. have this fictitious yeah. sort of. Um, you know, these moments on a boat, which we have some accounts of, but, you know, maybe fictionalized, you know, like it's a it, movie. Uh, I, I was reading a quote uh, actually with the, the person who wrote I, Tanya, and they, uh, they said something along the lines of um, fiction has to be uh, truth doesn't have to be entertaining. Fiction does. 
Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, like it, it, I think, you know, there's no, there's no crime committed by having this London underground scene in, yeah. but does it change your opinion about the, the sentiment of what this film is trying I to don't, do? I don't think it does. I think what this film is trying to do, I think it's really trying to do two things. Mm-hmm. One, remind us of our history and not only remind us of our history, uh, but excite us about our history it it, it it is a it is a it feels to me like a jumping off point where you could jump right back into if you don't know a lot about world war ii like myself get sort of um really invigorated with the idea about learning about it and two it is a reminder of and i think this is sorely needed and it's hard to come by now due to the way the sort of the world is reminder of what leadership looks like and i don't even mean proper leadership or the best leadership but like what a leader looks like right and that is something that is slipping all over not just here (laughs) but like but but a couple other places around the world and it's and it's everything's not as clear cut obviously as it was sort of back then yeah but uh you know this is a is a really it's a great jumping off point for thinking about what we want our leaders to be and why. Right. So what, yeah. So I'm, what does Winston Churchill represent? So, you know, Winston Churchill in my mind is the stoic figure, the stoic kind of like, he, he has this almost Alfred Hitchcock kind of sensibility to me. Um, you know, he's this sort of, un, you know, difficult, um, you know, difficult genius in some respect. Okay. You know, he's like a, he's like a man who, whom we know, uh, is to, is, is, um, prickly. Yeah. Um, but who, who has a clear sense of mind of what he wants to achieve. That's, that's the impression I have of Winston Churchill. Again, not having read any, yeah, bio- yeah. any of the multitude of biographies that are written about him. But there's reasons that multiple multitude of biographies are written about him. Yes, of course, because yeah. he was the prime minister of, uh, England around the worst in- inheriting the worst period and, and somehow swinging it around. Yeah, exactly. So so he is uh of 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 major national, you know, international importance. But what is I, I guess, you know, the curious thing about this film again is that, again, it's not curious, it's just it's what these types of films do. There's the other film I'm thinking about is um the 13 uh 13 days, which is the film about JFK and the the Cuban missile crisis yep, as well. Yep, yep, yep. So these films are attempting to Oh uh, yes, X-Men First Class. Oh, is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Treated again. In X-Men Plus. I, I wonder what the X-Men tie into the darkest hour would be. Oh, no. Is like mystique, like morphing into. I hope it's into, not mystique. We don't need more mystique. mystique. Morphing into, into Winston Churchill. Jennifer is Lawrence. Is Gary Oldman in a Batman, in an X-Men franchise at this point? Uh, maybe. maybe. He could cross I don't over. know. He's he in everything. Yeah. He's just Commissioner Gordon. Um, you know, this film, the, this film is attempting to line up, and it's something similar to um, what The Post did. The Post is attempting to um, codify and, and make clear a single decision, yeah. and that's what this film is trying to do as well. And I would say this film actually does a much stronger job uh, of, 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 codif- of, of basically creating a summation of all the influences that lead to one decision. Agreed. The th- Post is, is, a f- is uh, I will say, uh, with a, uh, a muted, I'll say, effective, mm. the, uh, the, the Darkest Hour is rousing. Yeah, and The Darkest Hour kind of, 
I, I understand the the influences that are going against because the the you know the the pull between suing, you know like pursuing peace or fighting is such a clear through line in this film, um, and I think it's aided um, by a really pretty smart script by Anthony McCartan, who I just discovered is in New this Zealand. This is amazing. When when she here realized what he's about to tell you, his eyes lit. Up. I was like, oh, this dude's in New Zealand. Not only is he in New Zealand, I actually believe I did some VFX shots for his New Zealand film. If yeah. I'm remembering correctly, I'm not. I'm not credited for it, but I did some rotoscoping uh, for one of his uh, for one of his uh, New Zealand features. Uh, he only had one, and then he moved to the UK, and I'd never heard of him. I heard from him again until now. And now you're re- reunited, reunited, and it feels so good. Uh, 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 maybe a shout out. Uh, maybe he'll listen. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think Anthony McCartney <laughs> send, has listened. Send Anthony this this <laughs> podcast you hear. You're yeah. one or two connections away from him. Fifteen years ago. Yeah, of course. Um, but um, so it's aided by a really strong script that moves really efficiently. Uh, it's got that kind of um, poetic, beautiful um, writing where someone can be quoting Shakespeare and it feels entirely within the realm of possibility. For this th- okay, game. you know me in quotes. You know me in referencing things and sort of things like that. For this movie, I, I had I had zero problem with it. It felt so natural to what was going on. It's, it's a highly stylized movie. It's something... And I think Joe Wright has... Um, He's got an elegant sense of cinematic design. It's not quite, you know, like at times I feel like he's got this sort of Spielbergian touch when it comes to lighting interiors, for example. You know, mm-hmm. they've got this sort of stream of light in every room and it's got this sort of, you know, overly sim- cinematic approach. But then the, at other times he's got this like really formalist, formalistic touch. Uh, and, and the way it's portrayed in this film is these like really strong overhead shots that basically show the topography of the war as they're happening. So mm-hmm. you see... Uh, these, inc- you know, like basically we don't really go down to the ground level of the war. We stay above Very it rarely, from, yeah. Yeah, on an aerial on this sort of like tight perspectives. And we see people looking up to, to witness, you know, to, to see, to look above, almost looking at us um, during those perspectives. And it's a sort of like elegant sense of design that he has for this film. There's a beautiful one of those where it's, it shows the bombed out landscape and it, as it passes over, like there's a cloud or something like that. And it turns out to be a dead soldier's face. And I, I was I, like, Oh, Whoa. I thought, I thought that was actually the kid who was looking up at the uh, at uh, at Winston Churchill's plane earlier. There was a, there was a scene where the where a little kid looks up at. Uh, oh uh, no! I saw that as that was a that was a man, and his uh, eyes were his eyes were blood like had blood red in them. It, blood red because it also reflected that Winston Churchill's speech at that moment. Yeah, <laughs> but he was he was dead. Yeah, but but I I. Sort oh. as a child, I think we should, go, we should we should go back and look at that because yeah. I think I think it was a child, and to me that that that's the an uh, uh, an example of that Spielbergian touch, even directly referencing Schindler's List in yeah. a way, which yeah, yeah, is yeah. that you know the the child who uh, with the blood red coat, um, I, you know I don't think it's exactly that, but it's kind of he's got this sort of touch to it, which is that, um, and so it, you know he's got a a real elegant sense of design to this film. It's very beautifully constructed, um, and if not overly. Um, over not cinematic is the wrong word, but it's overly con- hmm. theatrical. There's an over, there's an overt theatricality, there's a theatricality to it. Yeah. yeah, and and the thing that I sort of I always again, uh, you know, I preface this with coming from a point of view of of being uh, a pacifist and non non war person. You know, I think even even playing Call of Duty makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, there's a sense the thing that I would think about a little bit is is that what how far does the film slip over into 
feeling like potentially becoming propaganda. And, and well, it's the victory side, so it technically is. Yeah, and and um, and, and, and and you know, like we we see that side, the victor side. Yeah, side. a lot, and it's kind of an interesting thing. I again, I think more time. I need more time to process that yeah. thinking I, on the whole. But but as a, as an experience, I did enjoy the experience of watching this movie. It moves along at a quick clip. It it works very efficiently. Um, I do believe. But, but oh, sorry. Oh, just just before that, that that un, you know the fact about that underground scene. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but it is a long chunk of the movie and it is the justification. Ten minutes. Uh, it's a justification for his, for, for, uh, uh, Churchill's final turn is that scene. It's and so, a justification for his resolve. Yeah. And, and if we're, and if we're, do, if we're telling a story, maybe he always believed that and he was, maybe he lied to himself about what the people wanted and maybe whatever, like in real life. Uh, sure. But, but the, but again, I think it's, it's aided by the strong script. The, the, the 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 ups and downs you see him take throughout the entirety of right. his of the time that the movie shows us that is an effective way to show the final upward turn so that's an interesting way to think about this film so i i think you know like one of the things that we that that can be problematic is if we take uh if we take this film as history well it's not yeah it's not and i and i think if we take it as fiction and we tell, and we look at it through the prism of fiction. Then it's a powerful, powerful film. It's well, a, and it's a starting point. Like yeah. again, I go back to look. I, I'm when I'm watching movies, and and everyone who listens to us, you you know me. Hi. Uh, a lot of times, I go lizard brain, and I go I go with the easily digestible stuff because I want escapism. And this is something that is is a beautiful bridge between that like you know a, a, be, a beautifully crafted narrative going ups and downs and hitting your sort of marks that make you feel like you're watching something super engrossing and powerful because you are and but not only that using that as a, a, getting you excited to be like oh what else can i learn and then you're going to realize things like the london underground scene was fake right. and you're going to realize that um maybe he wasn't like super nice to his secretary and you're going to realize <laughs> that there are flaws to this human being beyond what you on this narrative about them but you you'll come to it's a it's a great just again i go back to the term stepping stone of of going out and learning more right uh and you're right Shahir. the the, there is a danger um to this type of thing if you just watch it and and take it as gospel and then it's propaganda you're like well my work about world war ii stuff is done like no but but and that's possible to happen as well. But I think a film like this is at its core designed to do the two things I mentioned before. One, get you uh, more interested in learning the actualities of the events that happened in history, so we are not doomed to repeat it. And two, to give you an idea of what an actual leader looks like. Right, and it does, and it is very, it's very functional in in the same way that. I, I had sort of a moral dilemma with the, with the King's speech um, in that in that I kind of felt like the film and it's been a it's been a very long time since yeah, I've seen it's been that a couple of years since I've seen it um, you know like I felt the film was kind of leaning heavily on the power of this person's speech without without looking too much at the implications of what that speech were mm-hmm. uh, but again I come from from a pacifist point of view implications that's very interesting seemed felt here. Right. Yeah. This, this film does actually do a good job, you know, because, and, and one of the things, if you watch this film in, in conjunction with Dunkirk, the other film that's nominated for this picture yeah. this year, you will learn something about Dunkirk that is not explored in Dunkirk, which is the battle of Calais, Calais, uh, where, where 4,000 troops. Now, again, I need to research of this course. to find it, but where 4,000 troops were actually sacrificed in order to save the people at Dunkirk. And that is something that I feel like, 
So Dunkirk, if you go back and listen to our review for, for more of this, and we won't get into it too much, didn't particularly grab me despite mm-hmm. excellence in filmmaking. Right. And I think it's because it focused on on a lot of... Um, I, I don't even know how to put it, but it, for, one, for one reason or another, I, if I know how to put it, listen to the episode. I just can't remember it right now. It just didn't grab me in the way that this film sort of did because it was all of the what happened and yeah. none of the sort of not, not a lot of the why. Yeah. And uh, and 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 these two films in conjunction, I bet you if I went back and rewatched Dunkirk now, now yeah. knowing what I know, uh, I would enjoy it more. Right. But again, I don't know. Then, then you get into the question of like, okay, like then we get into the argument that you and I have about even the MCU. It's like, well, if you're going into these things and you don't know the stuff and like you need predetermined reading or watching before you watch a thing to enjoy it, like, is that the film doing its job? I don't know. Right. But, but <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is the, the, I think this is the thing. And you have talked, we've talked about war movies and how they can be problematic. This feels less to me like a war movie and more about a movie uh, based around like this is not this is not showing battle much this is not showing men dying all the time this is not this is not a a bloodlusty war movie by any means of the imagination this is trying to show the toils and the possible breakdown of those basically in charge sending people to die for the greater good. Right. Um, whether it be those 800 ships that went and rescued all the soldiers at Dunkirk or the 4,000 men that they, they had to sacrifice basically in a fucking the highest stakes game of chess you possibly can to do yeah. so. So, uh, and that to me, I find more societally valuable than watching that those men die at their heroic last stand in a very call of duty manner. Like, do you know what I mean? Like seeing that, just seeing like the, I'm more emotionally affected, not watching 4,000 men die. I'm more, I'm more sort of affected by like the, the macro in that situation. I mean, there's, there's different ways to look at it. And, but I, I think, I think the thing that we're sort of circling around here is, is the nexus between uh, cinema and politics and, sure. and, and how cinema can influence your politics and how cinema, uh, or how film can be, um, um, I guess, uh, another way of exam of, of forming a political opinion. And, and, you know, again, I just kind of, I, I, I wonder about the sort of, um, how much, because, because cinema is like, a is, is a, uh, is such a pop culture kind yeah. of event, and it can it can inform so much. You know, for example, uh, in modern history, our knowledge of the Titanic um, disaster <laughs> is probably more informed by James Cameron's movie than it is by any history yeah. of that of that event. Like we we thoroughly believe that band kept playing. Exactly. You know, like that's that's the way we experience history, and it for, and it creates our our uh, you know it it, it forms for 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 everything our political uh, yeah. since as well. And there's a lot of people who would. Uh, only have experienced World War II through Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, yep. you know, and those are very one-sided. To be honest, that's me a lot, right? And so, uh, I I did enjoy this film, and I think and I think film should strive for the, for what this film does, and it does a really good job. I am just not exactly in the position to to assess for our audience whether it does an effective job in in realistically point, portraying Winston Churchill. But again, I don't know if even that's the point. I don't think it is. I, I, I really you, don't. If you, if you if you can willingly accept that this is fiction and that this, you know, and and you put a hard F on that and say this is 
absolutely fiction that maybe a lot of hard letters today. Yeah, yeah that it is absolutely uh, inspired by you know on, only uh, superficially inspired by real events and more more about taking and and threading a narrative through the through that lens. Then I think you can enjoy this film for what it is. Well, yeah, and actually, while you were just saying that, I looked up the definition of propaganda, and it, it is information, especially on a biased or misleading nature, to uh, use to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. This film is propaganda. A lot of films we watch are propaganda. Yeah, I think it's a matter of being able to. Uh, I guess look a little bit beyond it or use it as a jumping off point, right? Yeah, intentional propaganda. It's also like whether there is a maliciousness of intentional propaganda or not. For example, I'm reading a book right now, uh, a Kim Jong-il production about uh, North Korean's film industry and and uh, and the way in which North Korea, Kim Jong-un, uh, would use cinema as like one of the main propaganda devices. Yeah, because so it's were- great. Uh, all films were really about you know the glory of Kim Kim Jong Un and the you know the way in which uh, Kim Jong Un and Kim Jong Il were like the saviors of the North Korean people. Of course, that, that's all their films were. I mean, that's how I know them. <laughs> yeah, and so and so it's kind of interesting that we're we're in this sort of uh, you know we've got Dunkirk, um, Darkest Hour. Plus, uh, there was a film that came out uh, the previous year called Their Finest, which is also about that um, that uh, you know that that sense of like. Stiff British upper lip, yeah. you know, like the, the the sense of like coming together as a people, you know, uh, carry on and and you know, like uh, keep calm and keep carry calm on and, and carry, carry on. on. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that we're seeing kind of come together again, um, and it's it's not quite the thing that a film like Atonement, Joe Wright's other film that takes place around this period, does as well. Atonement kind of is 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 something about truth and fiction and the lies we tell ourselves. Sure, 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 sure. So it's a it's a slightly different mix, you know, that we're going for here, but you know, that's that's what it is. So an odd thing that I uh wrote down on my notes here that I wanted to talk to you about is so I, I was I was watching uh you know Gary Oldman's portrayal of Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. Uh which also oh side 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 note. note. I want to give a shout out to some people that don't normally get words written about them or, or spoken about them and things because the makeup in this movie is nuts, both regular and special effects. Uh, the lead prosthetic supervisor for Gary Oldman, David uh, Mal. Uh, let's see if I can butcher this or not. Yeah. Malinowski. There's a reason why I know. Well, no, but, but he fucking killed it. His entire team. Uh, also the prosthetic and hair artist for Gary Oldman, uh, was Lucy Sibick. And the, uh, another one was, uh, Oh God. Kasurio Tizuki Tizuki to this Japanese. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I, but they, and the entire makeup team literally just, I, I, I have not seen transformative makeup like that in in a very long time. There's a scene where he's sitting outside and the he's looking up and the makeup, you know, because he's obviously been um, added. They've added prosthetic flesh around yep. his jawline to make the it jowls. Thick, yeah, to give him jowls. And the jowls are kind of hanging uh, from his actual jaw and it creates this indentation where I was like, oh, is that the seam of the makeup we're kind of seeing? But again, it's done, the, the, the seams of it are done so well that you kind of go, well, that's actually maybe just the way his 
flesh hangs yeah. you know like it's it's such a it's such a good job of like making him feel and, and again it's aided by a great performance yeah. that carries the weight of it this is actually this brings me to another point i'll go back to my final one later but actually this is a great question for you because jamie and i uh have been having a conversation lately about gary oldman in this film mm-hmm. and she uh says that and i hope i'm not butchering this she loves gary oldman in the film and she thinks he did an amazing job he obviously did mm-hmm. but she was a little bit put off by the fact that she she feels like there probably is a lesser known actor who looks more like Winston Churchill that could have gotten the role and done it just as well. How do you feel about that statement? And I'll tell you about how I feel about that sort of statement afterward. Um, yes, I, I, I think there's a hundred percent truth to that statement that, that, that there could be a lesser known actor that could do it. Um, and I think it'll actually get into the conversation about, you know, like I have worked in a, um, a production company, for example, at one stage where, um, A-list actors were circling around a script that we had, uh, on our slate. Like sharks. Yeah. And, and they were circling around it because they were looking for their next Oscar nominated performance. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of, um, you know, looking at what roles are going to offer the opportunity to really stretch their legs kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, you know, like what happens in the industry as well is that if you're a Gary Oldman, an Oscar nominated actor, you are offered a different set of roles than uh, if you're an unknown actor that, that hasn't, you know, that hasn't done much, even though you might be better suited to them. I mean, there's this, I, I think, you know, the one thing that the, the me too movement was also really important in distinct was that the the notion that the film industry has for a long time not operated as a democracy. It's not a democracy. No. It is a, it is, a, you know, like Francis Ford Coppola calls it an entirely dictatorial art form. Yeah. And, and it's and dictatorship it, as business. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it spreads over into a lot of things. And I think one of those things is, is that juicy roles like this, you know, that all that any actor who potentially looks like Winston Churchill, you know, who maybe doesn't even need the makeup or, or, could do it with all the makeup in the world is not going to circulate around actors who haven't attained a certain status level right. that Gary Oldman has. And that's, and that's unfortunate, but it's the sort of reality of the business. Yeah. Um, it's the same with, you know, in, in Jamie's profession, for example, um, you're not going to be uh, asked to design couture for uh, a princess if you're, if you're, you know, designing, uh, dresses for H and M. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's that kind of like, it's just, there's a certain yeah, no, I get thing that. that happens. Shout out to Miss Jamie Walsh. Check out our phantom thread episode where she teaches us all about all of these sort of things. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the my response was, and it was not popular at the, at the time, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't feel like was there's always someone who can do it better. Right. Um, now, 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 this is I a hundred percent agree with what you just said Shahir, as well. And I, and I, and I, and I agree to parts of, of the original argument. Um, if I, how do I put it? It's like at the end of the day, this thing is a business and, and there's parts of it that there's parts of business that you can run fairly. And there's parts of it that I feel like Hollywood should run more fairly than it does a hundred percent because it's not like representation. We've talked about this on multiple episodes. It's not where it needs to be. And you know, et cetera. But like, for instance, I, and I, this is a weird statement and I, I, I'll probably back away from it if it sounds stupid, but like, because it's Winston Churchill, right? Yeah. It's a larger than life historical figure 
Gary Oldman is an accomplished actor who obviously, as we just saw, mm-hmm. can pull it off. Yeah. Um, ha- Gary Oldman has has paid more than enough of his dues. Yeah. And has done great and poor things alike in throughout his entire career to try to get to here. Yeah. So if this is a movie that say he was possibly circling yeah. to, 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 to get that, that, that little fucking golden statue because of his pedigree and because of all of the infinite performances beforehand that I've enjoyed from him, even down to the BMW films when he played the goddamn devil. Did he play the uh, Oh, he did. Oh, I didn't remember that. It's amazing. You yeah. need to check that shit out. He was also on Tiptoes, which yeah. is a film that I am yeah. dying to rewatch. <laughs> um, and then he suffered through as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. So, look, this guy's been around the block. I, I almost don't. And again, in this particular situation with someone playing Winston Churchill, mm-hmm. I don't care if there was a if there's if there possibly slash theoretically slash of course there is a better choice right he killed it he earned his chance to kill it now the system that he earned that chance through is broken we know that right but i'm if i just talk about this particular role with this particular actor i i don't i don't even want to sort of I, i i just i don't know i really think he did such a phenomenal job that the question itself is, I don't well, want here, the question here, to detriment his performance. No, it's, you're right. He does do, a, he, he, he is put into a position to deliver this performance and he delivers it. So that's great. I, I guess the, the counterpoint to that, and I think a little bit on Jamie's uh, yes. side of the argument is that, is that, is there also sort of a self-perpetuation about this? Which 100%. Is, which is and that's this, where the problems lie. Yeah, which is that, oh, it's Gary Oldman. Of course he's going to do well in this because he's Gary Oldman. And then he does well in it. You know, like he's set up to – there are certain people who are set up to succeed yes. in these roles and there are certain people who are set up to fail. And, and you know, like we – Well, we, I don't know. I don't think they're set up to fail. They would lose money that way. How do you mean lose money? Well, I, I, how do you mean how to set up to fail? That's where I'm, I was got confused. Okay, so what I, what I mean by set up to fail is that the film industry is not entirely representative of all races. No, and, not and, at and, all. And and, and genders. Um, so so if you're a say for example a um, uh, and I, I'm going against the I, I'm just basically looking at the popular type. Oh, okay, yeah. so let's look at leading men. Sure, leading men. If you're a white athletic, good-looking man. If you're Army Hammer. If you're Army Hammer, if you're uh, Chris Hemsworth, if you're um, uh, Henry Cavill, you know, like any of these guys, you are more set up to succeed to get those roles than if you are an African-American, overweight, young uh, you know, woman, yes. for example, yep, Those, yep, yep. you know, the, the system is not set up. And, and I think, yes, I a hundred percent agree. And I if think, you're Jennifer Lawrence, you're set up to succeed yes. in a way more than a hundred percent Octavia Spencer, who's also got an action movie coming out at the same time. Yes. You know but I, mean? I think the reason why I don't have a, uh, have yeah. as large of a problem with it in this particular case mm-hmm. is it's a historical figure. Right. And it's not Batman. Yep. Go back to listen to our, can our be, can Batman be black episode to yeah. get all of our thoughts on that? Yeah. It's because this is Winston Churchill. Right. And we know what Winston Churchill looks like, and we know what Winston Churchill acted like. Right. And we are basing that on that. And through mm-hmm. prosthetics and performance, 
I saw Winston Churchill to the best of my ability on screen. Right. But you also saw an impression of Winston Churchill's that is accurate to the impression that you've had of him yes. growing up, you know, like, 100%. like, and for example, cinema is an art form. And, and, you know, the other example that I, we, uh, I've kind of mentioned, uh, in side notes was, um, that should be the name of another podcast we do. Side, <laughs> side notes. notes, side notes, but, um, Frank, just tangents. Yeah, it's just tangents. Uh, Franklin Jella as Richard Nixon, you know, yeah. which is not who yeah. you would, traditionally casting it. And also the, um, there was a Todd Haynes film about Bob Dylan where, for example, Tilda, uh, not Tilda Swinton, um, but Kate Blanchett played, uh, um, Bob Dylan at one point and, yes. and a whole bunch of different actors played Bob Dylan. It's not, you know, it's not the same kind of movie, but, but it goes to show that, that, that it doesn't have to work that way no, because it's I an art form. I don't think it does. You, if, if, if you're going that route, if you wanted to cast, uh, Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington as, as, as Winston, Winston Churchill. Churchill. It would just be a different film than the one they'd have to re. They'd have to sort of re yeah. uh, do a little bit of the the stylistic choices that they did to make the film work, or to make the film work a, and, as effectively. And I agree with you. There's a hard line that comes in here because of historical accuracy, and we have photos of Winston Churchill and what have you. But but the 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 sort of the bendy line where this becomes problematic is the tube scene. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's it. it well, well it, I was gonna say the, the reason they're putting stuff in there that didn't happen, so they yeah. that they're already yeah. opening and, up the doorway. Yeah, and exactly, and and things like you know, like you sort of wonder if the tube scene is the the straw that breaks the camel's back of truth that you're trying to portray. It probably, you is. know, like it might be. Um, but I was gonna say the the and this is away from the darkest hour because again, the darkest hour is a hard historical. Um, film in some way, but again, we will preface. We'll prefer it's a soft yeah, historical. We'll preface it by saying lowercase H, lowercase yeah, H. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, or or uppercase F. Is that is when is when um, <laughs> for fiction is when we start talking about Jesus only being white. You know, like when when, right. when every film comes out with Jesus that per, that perpetuates a mythology that that is that is falls white. into Batman territory. For yeah, me, more, less than historical figure, even though he did exist. Yeah. But the but then yeah. with that, what you have happen is people. Uh, I can't remember the host of. Uh, she was a Fox News uh, co-host, Megan Kelly, who, who says something along the lines of, "You know, uh, Santa Claus was white. Get over it." You know, like it's it's it. That's what happens when the system doesn't encourage representation. True. And and Santa you know, Claus is also fake. Yeah, but in in Megan Kelly's spoiler eyes, spoiler alert. Sorry, Santa to- Claus was a real white dude. Yeah. You know, and has always been a white dude. And for a lot of people, Jesus right. Christ the will conversation, be. The conversation, the conver, but, but I don't. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I say this is a right. sort of, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I, that, that does make sense. And yeah. then it's a matter, and then it's a question of what, what, what principles do you want your film to, to be about or represent? We even talk, we've talked about offline before, mm-hmm. sort of like what, uh, you know, a film being of the time, does it need to be of the time p- politically or, or yeah. activist wise, et cetera, to, to have value. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, and we've gone back and forth throughout and we'll, I'm sure that conversation will continue on forever. I, I don't know. I just thought it was, in, and you bring up very interesting points. Jamie brought up very interesting points and I, um, I agree though that Gary Oldman. Yeah, we're not trying to Winston, take anything away from Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill is a very logical choice. But when you throw someone in a bunch of makeup and a fat suit, it's going to come up. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, and the, the final thing uh, that I wanted to bring up because I wrote it down and I kind of underlined it in a little thing mm-hmm. is Winston Churchill in this film and maybe in life, I don't know, seems like what I would consider like the anti-Trump. And and let me let me let me. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. a loaded it's a loaded thing. But yeah. but he he actively 
lies when it's convenient to get things done. So far, but, you see, I still think it's Trump. Right. <laughs> but but the, the flip side of it is when push comes to shove and when the moment that he's setting up occurs, he is skilled and does things that need to be done for the greater good. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he's the tactics, yeah. even though social media doesn't exist, even though rallies don't exist, are still similar. Winston Churchill is spinning propaganda to his people. Yeah. He's spinning propaganda to the different sections of the British Parliament. Yeah. He's 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 a propaganda machine. Yeah. He himself, uh, you know, echoes falsehood. Trump is a uh, echoer of falsehoods himself. I mean, he has a larger machine sort of functioning around him mm-hmm. but it, it's almost like like churchill seems like flash followed by substance right and trump just seems like flash followed by, by ignorance ignorance and nothing we're in a sort of strange period uh and i don't want to go too far into the down no, this road i'm sorry i just wrote it down and i thought it was interesting yeah i i yeah well okay because because from a cinematic point of view how does the leadership what what does this film say about leadership that is reflected upon our modern society and 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 you know what we see as leadership today and i the the one thing that I thought about, um, uh, you know, again, trying to relate it to my life mm-hmm. was this notion of when you're a director on a film set, um, the one thing that happens that, you know, you can either be insecure about or, or kind of, you know, like try and fight through is that, you know, that everyone is everyone around you, the grips, the AD, the lighting people, the, the caterers are second guessing every decision oh, yeah. you're making, because what you're doing is you're trying to like concept, you're trying to like uh, articulate a vision that only exists in your brain. And it's not necessarily the, the vision that everybody else sees. So everyone else is making their own version of the film and everyone's kind of like going, are you sure you want to do that? You know, like, don't you want to do this? You know, you're rules. George Lucas saying the shit out of yeah, that. Yeah. You know, like, it, and it's, it's one of those things you just got to fight through. And in this film, um, there's a moment where, uh, it's, it basically comes down to a sort of a, uh, um, it comes down to Churchill versus Halifax and Neville Chamberlain and Neville Chamberlain and, and Halifax are rightly saying, you know, that we should pursue peace in this circumstance. Ooh, rightly? I th- I'm look, uh, what, what was, what is wrong for pursuing peace? Now, now history would put us on of the other course, side, but I'm course. saying, I'm I mean, saying at the time, are you saying you want to like sacrifice 4,000, 4,000 boys? Well, this, is, this is the thing. And, and this is, uh, and again, this I hope doesn't come off as like weirdly bravado or whatnot, but the, 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 with the facts where they were, yeah. I am of the of the belief structure that Churchill is a quote he says uh for and I'm going to butcher it but it's something about like asking for scraps while in the, the while in the jaws of the lion. Right. Yeah, you can't you can't and, negotiate with a tiger when your head is in his jaws. Yeah. And and that was uh, in my opinion exactly the position that the Germans had them in in this particular point. So so doing doing uh even coming to the table at that particular moment w- would have strategically been more detrimental now now again that's when you have to start weighing four thousand versus three hundred thousand and that's a fucking that's god that's fucking terrible like that's just it's i i have never been equipped in my entire life to make that decision but if we're looking at it again this this is the shitty real odd part of it like if I'm looking at a numbers game, which sometimes these hard decisions to maintain your sanity, you sometimes have to, and not always, because that can fuck you up too. Yeah. Uh, I do fall into that camp. 
And again, this is my not ever having held office or been in the military's uh, the assess- the, the, any military <laughs> yeah. um, uh, assessment of it, which should mean less than nothing. Yeah. But um, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. I, of course, I think peace talks are peace talks in my opinion should have been happening or, or diplomatic solutions should have been fought for harder way earlier on, depending. And again, I don't know the full history, but like, that's where I feel like the time for it would have been. Yeah. Not when you're literally getting your ass kicked and stepping back nine spaces and you're like, whoa, 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 we've been fighting for a minute, but now hold on, let's mm-hmm. talk. Like that never works when the, when the victor is already winning, they're going to be like, why would I give you anything? Right. So and, that's, that's where I, and fall. we, and, but we also have the benefit of his, of hindsight to look I'm not back at talking about history. I mean, like, look, the, 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 the signs of what Hitler was, was on the wall. Yes, but I'm saying we didn't live in that period no. where 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 maybe we didn't know about the horrors of the Holocaust at that point. You know, like this was 1940. But we knew he was a dictator invading countries. Right. So, um, yeah. So we, you know, like we. We didn't think it'd be better with him. But also, I'm, I, I remember this video uh, that um, it was an FBI uh, agent who put out this video uh, about her dealings with the Taliban, I think it was. And it was something along the lines of when the Taliban watches Star Wars and when America. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, where everyone thinks that they're the side of the rebellion. And and some and it's only when you're on the opposite side do you think that they're their empire. Um and 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 I think, you know, like the thing about when the thing about suing for peace or, tr- or trying to achieve peace is that seems like if your role is the prime minister of a country, your role is to protect your people at all costs, right? Is to protect your nation at all costs. And they're not being invaded at this point. Sure. So but it's the difference it's between, the potential of being invaded. Of course, but it's the difference of weighing what you consider the short game and the long game. Of course. And and as it turned out, you know, Churchill played the long game. And and I, I all I'm saying is the the sense of villainy that that we would get from like uh the uh, the Chamberlain and and Halifax character is not I understand what they're trying to do and what they're trying to do makes sense to me. You know, like what it, they're trying to do didn't make sense to me. Really? Like not trying I, to pursue peace? It didn't in, make sense again in, in that in that and like yeah. I, I feel like I sort of said my piece in that I, uh, my piece on the peace yeah. talks uh the it, it seems strategically yeah like the wrong move now peace in general yeah it should be the correct move yeah but when you're down a road so far and you and 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 now again a ton of shit and, and I'm not I don't want to use the term uh Churchill lucked into <laughs> but I'll kind of say it I mean the fact that the British people came through with those 800 ships yeah. is amazing. And the fact, and, and, and actually kind of goes further to prove that Churchill was right about the will of the people. Right. Um, that, that they would sacrifice their lives and livelihood to rescue the military when all else would have been lost. Right. Um, so that again, again, you're right. There, there is, there's a clarity that the hindsight of history brings. Yeah. But I, 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 uh, as as much as I possibly can put myself uh, with, you know, blind myself to the truth of what actually happened. I do feel like my moral compass or what I don't know what the fuck that is, but like my 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 choice making, if I ever had to make that horrible decision would have been something similar and that's a pompous bullshit thing to say about after you, you would have run into you would have run in to save the steel no no because that's fucking no no because that's fucking stupid don't even bring that 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 i do not want even associated with this right. it's 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 just 
you know, if, if, if I, Churchill thought he was doing the right thing, I would have thought I was doing the right thing at the same time, whether right. or not, if, if history had worked out differently, right. I, I, I sadly would have probably still done the, I don't know. It's so hard. That's the thing. I, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't presume to know that. I don't what presume I'm to, to know to either. Know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to just make, I'm trying to sort of bring the, I don't know the opposite. It's hard. And I don't, and and, it, and that yeah. idea gets muddled and, and kind of interesting when you think about what this film is trying to do yeah. as well. And I think, you know, but, uh, but the point I was going to make as well in terms of leadership um, was this idea that you have to stick to your guns, even when you think your guns might, you know, even, even though you should have, you should, you should entertain doubt. And there's a line that Churchill says at the end of this film, which is that if I'm those who don't change their minds will never change anything. Sure. And, and you know, like at one point Churchill does say, I'm going to, I'm, you know, yes, we should go for peace. And then he changes his mind. Yeah. And, and that, that from a leadership point of view and the thing I think about in terms of directing um, is, is this idea that you have to stick to your guns, um, but you have to be willing to entertain the notion that you could be wrong. Oh, and that's it. That's what it is. Because if Halifax and the other old prime minister had actually come to him with an actual plan on how to do these, this diplomacy in a, in a beneficial way in the long term for, for Britain, that would have been a different story. But instead they they did though, they came to them with a memo for like how they were going to negotiate with it, with Italy, with Mussolini. Right. With an idea of listen, walking into a negotiation, planning on how you're going to do it and then what they're going to offer you are two entirely different things. But, I mean, but also uh, Churchill tells them what he wants. Of course. And but they, but and, and it's interesting because and this is the part where it's uh, and again, we're sort of debating history now, not the film, but the the that 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 Churchill could have been flawed on is he doesn't believe he'll ever get that. I don't believe he'll ever get that. Maybe he yeah. would have gotten that. The, again, I, I, the, I think the only point I want to make there is that, is that, uh, I understand their motivations. Okay. I understand what they're trying to do and it makes, they, it makes sense to me. Then maybe a flaw of the film, because I feel like we've been just <laughs> fucking gleaming all over it is, uh, that, that they do sort of paint those two characters slightly at, villainously, not, not even villainously weak. Yeah. And, and, they probably were not. They probably did just believe exactly what you believe. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Hindsight being 2020 or whatever the fuck, like there's no, there's no, I, I retract a lot of my statements because there is no way of knowing uh, of that entirely. So me saying, well, I would have done that. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I would, I would like to believe that I would do the right thing. I, well, no, we'd all like to believe we do the right thing. Yeah. I would, I, I believe, and not even I'd like to believe, I believe <laughs> that I would have made that call I, but I don't know, you know, it, 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 even know it, it's the weird thing. This is a weird statement. Even knowing that it failed, let's say, I still think I would have made the call. Right. Like, I, 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 do you know what? I, I don't know. It, this is this is stupid. We should get back to the movie. And I'm, I apologize for going down this rabbit hole. Final thoughts. Should people, do you think this is worthy of the nom? Oh, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. I, think, I, 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 um, I think it's absolutely worthy of the nomination. Joe Wright, again, you know, delivers what he delivers very well, which is this elegant cinematic style to hitty political ideas uh, and hitty, you know, um, concepts. And and I think, you know, like if you're an a- interested in performance, 
this is an example of that kind of performance that we've kind of made a distinction about where Gary Oldman seems to live in the skin of Winston Churchill, <laughs> at least as we understand him. But thanks to his performance and his incredible yeah. Cracker Jack makeup team. Yeah, um, but the film, is, you know, rips along at a cracking pace. The script is great. Um, it, it it has that sort of elegance of, of um, uh, rarefied dignity that is unrealistic in real life. Like this yep. shot, the, the opening scene of this shows Parliament like lit as a, almost as a sort of a beautiful 17th century renaissance yeah. painting yeah, 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 yeah. and it's like you know i've seen parliament in new zealand from you know from that period and it doesn't look like that it looks no. it's a freaking mess but the, but it, but you know this film kind of like operates on that level and it works on that level, yeah, 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 yeah um so yes it's absolutely i i certainly for all my 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 personal qualms about this film are, are less to do with the film and more to do with my personal qualms about politics and the way i sure. believe i would interact in certain pol- yeah. political situations and i'm i'm right there with you on all that stuff i think it's a phenomenal movie that i enjoyed far more than i thought i would i think it it relishes in the small moments which is something i always appreciate from a historical uh semi-propaganda biopic mm-hmm. uh and uh it it definitely gets me to questioning things that i've just talked about questioning uh you know things uh in in our own lives that we sort of uh, situations that we run even statistically or fictitiously in our own minds plus uh the the will or the want to learn more uh to better ourselves from our uh our 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 people in our past, our, our, our actual history. So I think it's uh, well beyond uh, worth seeing and a, uh, a good contender for uh, best picture. Now, now, now real quick before we end. Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, this has been the only podcast about the film darkest hour. You can write us in at only movie podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. How off base am I? How semi off base is she here? <laughs> uh, talk to us all about the stuff. Also tweet us at only movie pod and leave us some iTunes reviews. But now we want to talk a little bit about the Oscars, the elephant, the golden elephant in the room. Is, is he an elephant? He's, you know, I mean, he's been working out. He's a little guy. With if you kind of, if you human centipeded one over, it over the other, of, and they it would make an elephant. Yeah, you know, to uh-huh. the other. Um, I am. I'm always like ambivalent about the Oscars. I barely Spoiler watch. Spoiler alert! I don't like them. I, well, it's not that I don't like. I just don't watch them anymore. And well, I, you'd watch them if you liked them. I, I watch them every year, and I don't like them. I, it's just a, it's a long commitment, and 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 I. Kinda, oh come on! It is. I, I don't. I don't. I, you know, like I don't like live TV that much. I, I like. To, I occasionally like to watch the highlights of the Oscars, and there's no denying. This is the one thing I will say that's hypocritical is that like if I if I in any way uh, uh, berate the 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 value of an Oscar, you know, like in our conversations, whether it matters or not, there's no denying. Everybody wants an Oscar if you work in the film industry. Everybody <laughs> wants an Oscar. Like, you know, like everybody wants an Oscar. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody wants an Oscar. Yeah, there's a lot of syllables you needed to like get into Shh, rule the world there. Yeah. But um, but so so whether they're important or not, they're, they're happening. They're a pop. They're a cultural touchstone. We need to address it. We're a movie podcast. I enjoy talking about the Oscars with people, but the act of watching them, I think that's what gets me. I think, yeah. All right. Regardless, we, we've talked about the Oscars a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Let's, I just want to do a quick, quick prediction. Okay. And we're only going to do a couple of them. I think we should do, we should do best director, lead actor, lead actress, best picture. That's four. That's four of them. Are we doing what we think is going to win or what we want to win? I think, we should do not be cynical about it and do what we want to win. Okay. Because, because here's an example in 2015, 
I wanted Mad Max Fury Road to win. Spotlight won, and I'm quite happy with that because I like Spotlight sure. a lot. But I think Mad Max Fury Road would have made a really exciting Best Picture winner. Um, so I think we should not be cynical about it. We okay. should we okay. should we cool. should vote with our hearts. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, let's 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 go uh, lead actress first. We've got Sally Hawken, Shape sure. of Water. Francis McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yep. Margot Robbie, I, Tanya. Yep. Sorcerer Ronan, Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, The Post. Uh, I will still go Margot Robbie, I, Tanya. I am right there with you. Okay, cool. That was I easy. Don't, I don't know if she's going to win. I want her to. <laughs> uh, I think she deserves it. Yeah. I. I okay. All right, lead actor. We got uh, Timothy uh, 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 Chalamet. Chalamet, thank you very much for calling me by your name. Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, nice. Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Um, what do you think? Hmm. This is a tough one. Um, we're also tainted because we just watched Darkest Hour. I know. Uh, you go first on this one. I will say. Who do you want to win? Daniel. Daniel Day-Lewis Phantom Thread? No, no. Daniel. Uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yeah. Uh, and get out. Okay. Yeah, because he, it's not like it's an in-your-face performance. Yeah. But, like, it was so effective for the film that it was making. Like, he fucking killed it. And and it's, and it's, that's not, you know, as because it, it's a horror movie, we give it a little bit of a, a bit of a pass on, I, I feel like, just tertiarily about the difficulty it takes to, 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 to make that into a believable situation, not a believable, but an effective situation. But that movie is above and beyond. It's a psychological thriller, in my opinion. And it ended. Uh, he fucking killed it. OK, uh, I'm going to go with Timothy, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. OK, that's yeah. who I want to win. It, yeah, I, I'm going to go performance. I'm going to go out on a limb and say in both of the ones that we just want, I think uh, Gary Oldman might win it. We shouldn't even say that. Stop being, <laughs> stop being things. Cause I agree no, but this is who I want to win. I, know, I, I want I know. Timothy, I Shal- uh, Timothy Shalom. All right. Where are we okay. going now? We have best director, best director. You got Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for get out, Greta Gerwig for lady bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for phantom thread and Guillermo del Toro for the shape of water. Um, <sighs> this is a tough one as well, isn't it? They're all so different. Oh God. Guillermo. Ah, okay. Guillermo. Uh, I I think he will win it. Really? Yeah, I think he will. I don't I, think I, he will. I think he'll win it. I don't think he will. Um, I'm gonna go with who do I want to win? I want P.T. Anderson to win for Phantom Thread. All right, nice. Um, next, then uh, let's just do Best Picture. Best Picture. So we're not gonna do all of them. There's too many screen. There's too many adapted and original screenplays. There's too many of those. Okay, here are the Best Pictures. Matt, read them out. Uh, call me by your name. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebon, Missouri. Shahir? Uh, what I want to win? Sure. Get Out. Okay. What do you think's gonna win? I don't know. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion Lady Bird might. That is exactly my answer. I right. want Get Out to win. I think Lady Bird will win. It, I think it, to me, it, to, to me, it feels like it's a it's a tie between Lady Bird and Shape of Water. I don't think Shape of Water is going to win it. I, I think it's I got, absolutely uh, don't. I think they'll give it to directing. Will, they'll nod to the style of it, but it's too fucking weird for them. It's <laughs> I, I can't think of another uh, uh, best picture 
that's even remotely in that category of of style of film. I I I'm, I would back a horse between uh, on the shape of water, but I but I want Get Out to win. Yeah, I same. think get, uh, get Out Get uh, Out is the most is the yeah, most relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Lady Bird and, is, and is fantastic. Lady well. Bird is the most. I like a lot of these movies. Look, they're all amazing. Mm. I, I think Lady Bird is the most relatable film out of all of these. Mm. Um, with a, with a close second to Call Me by Your Name in that regard. Um, but but. Uh, and, and that's why I think it's going to sort of gravitate towards that. I just think get out was, was a, if you want, look at when, when all the chips are down, a better, more effective, more, uh, important film. Um, uh, we, and then this is not going to be part of our official tally, but I, I, um, we don't have an official tally. I, I hope Rachel Morrison wins for Mudbound, but I think she's going to lose out to Roger Deakins for yeah. Blade Runner. Um, so you can write us in with your thoughts for these yep. four, uh, for the, these four categories, write us in at only at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at only with your selections. Tell us all your thoughts, send us all your emails, let us know how we're right and wrong. Thank you for indulging us at the end of this lovely review, uh, to sort of tell you what we think in our little, our drop in the bucket of cinematic, uh, opinionation. <laughs> and, Sh- and so close to the film. This is, it's hot off the press. It's I mean, true. not hot off the press of the film. It's yeah. hot off the press of us watching. The of film, course, of course, which is what we do. It's Shahir, the now. Hey, Shahir, when yeah. you're not hot off the press, where can folks find you? I'm chilling in my refrigerator at uh, in my website. None of that makes any sense. It's at shahirdowd.com. S <laughs> h a h i r d a d. Have you seen the Simpsons when like the the their air conditioning goes out and they're like in the refrigerator? That's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere else? Nope. Oh, That's great. it. Shahirdowd.com. Great. Okay. Uh, that works. Uh, Matt, when you are uh, scoping through the darkest hour of your heart. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> you, you, can, like the- you can find me wearing black until something darker comes along at M A T T H U W K R O L dot com for my life and works. Also, Skeldra, the number four, Pierre on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for indulging us in this last bonus episode and making our dreams come true about <laughs> doing all the best picture nominees before the Oscars happens. We did it. High five. High fives. Yay, we did it. And never, we was, never gonna happen again. Never we've literally never touched hands. We yeah. talk about it a lot. It's actually never happened. <laughs> yeah, so I, know, right I feel, I feel now. weird. I know. Uh and we'll see you all uh well next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.